0: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're grateful that we get to know and follow you. We're mindful of the freedoms you give to us, of the love you give to us, of the hope that we can have in you. And we know, Lord, all around the world there are people that are serving you and are even suffering for you uh, because of following after you. Lord, I think of uh, our friend Sergey who is a volunteer chaplain with Ukrainian Army and pastors a church there. And we're able to help support him. And he is literally on the front lines and has had uh, many friends and many soldiers uh, die or be wounded. He's been shot at. And Lord, he does that. He goes into harm's way to share the gospel, to share the truth of who you are, with other Ukrainian soldiers. Lord, would you bless him today? Would you give him strength? Would you give him hope? Lord, we uh, pray that now as we look to the scriptures and we think about hope, that you would guide through this message, that you take the words that I'm gonna speak, the scriptures that I'm going to read, and use through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, everything that's said, that we would be better prepared to live for you and to serve you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, my goal today is that by the end of the service, the sponge of your life would just be saturated with hope so that where, everywhere you went, you would just spill out hope to the people that are around you. And you might go, Paul, I never feel that way. How in the world am I gonna be a person that's filled to overflowing with hope? Well, I wanna show you by taking you right away to uh, one of the best passages about hope in the New Testament. It comes from the Apostle Paul. It's in the Book of Romans. Be on the screen behind me or you can open your Bibles to Romans chapter five, verses one to five. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, just about every word in these five verses, like most of Paul's writings, really count. Um, And we're not gonna have the time to go through every word, but we're gonna get the big ideas. In verse two, Uh, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And we'll come back to that, because that is such an important statement. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory or boast in our suffering, knowing that our suffering is, Produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame or hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. To understand hope, I think we hear that word and we sort of go, I think I know what hope means. But to understand what hope is really about, I think what we need to do is contrast it with disappointment. I don't know if you see that in this passage, but it talks about hope, and then it talks about not being put to shame. Shame is typically a more relational word. Uh, I, I prefer the translations that use the word disappointment, because disappointment is more about circumstances, and this is Describing circumstances. And hope and disappointment function in our life. Hope is like stepping on the accelerator, it gives life to the human spirit. And uh, disappointment is like deaccelerating, it uh, sort of steals away the energy of our lives. That was brought home to me uh, a number of years ago when I was doing uh, a cycling race. Now I don't cycle because I'm particularly fast, but I try to go as fast as I can. I love that feel when you're with a group of people cycling and you just, hear all the sounds of the wheels going at the same time and I was I started out strong I'm going along it's about a 30 mile race and as we're going along with it I realized I hadn't brought enough fluid to hydrate and I'd used up all my water and my muscles in my legs just started to cramp up and I and I knew I probably had a long ways to go and my, my leg's just starting to cramp more and more. Um, I'm super thirsty. You know, you start getting thoughts in your mind. Should you just slow down? Should you just stop? Should you just quit? They're not really watering stations that, that I could stop at, but there are people along the way. And I'm biking along, and I, well, I'm usually at corners where you turn. And a person would go, looking good. And I'll go. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I look awful, because I feel awful. And then another corner, clapping, looking really good. I'm going, liar, you you don't know what in the world you're talking about. And then finally, I came to an honest man. He looked at me, and he's pointing to turn there. He goes, it's only about a mile uh, to the finish line. And just those words in my head gave me hope and it was like all of a sudden my legs got stronger I wasn't quite as thirsty I gained motivation and I started pedaling faster and going harder now I found out he was a liar too otherwise he didn't know how to measure distance very well because it was about three miles but nevertheless those words, that sense that there was something good out there for me gave me hope. See, Dallas Willard, the philosophy professor from the University of Southern California, who's written a lot of Christian classic books, says that hope is the anticipation of the good. Hope is activates your mind, it gives energy and it gives you emotional strength, it becomes a motivating factor in your life. Well, how about disappointment? We're contrasting hope and disappointment to understand what hope is about. What can we say about disappointment? Well, disappointment, on the other hand, is the gap between your perceived experience and or your perceived expectation and your personal experience. So what uh, disappointment is, I'm expecting something, and if that isn't delivered, there's this gap. And that gap you could define as disappointment. You know, so you go to school, you work really hard, you're doing it to get a really good job, and then you get a job, and the job doesn't live up to the expectations you have, and there's this part of disappointment. You you buy what you think is going to be your dream house. You get it just the way you're looking for it. And then you kind of look and you go, you know, gee, this doesn't feel like it's really fulfilling everything I want. And there's this sense of disappointment. And lots of us in different circumstances at different times in our lives experience times of disappointment. But worse than that are times of hardship and suffering that create gaps of disappointment that feel like the chasm of the Grand Canyon. You know where you get sick or you lose a job or you're having relational difficulty or you you're, uh, go through a season of depression or anxiety or any of things that we could describe as hardship or difficulty. You're, you're not treated well at work, you're, you're, your kid, uh, doesn't get on the right sports team and it feels like favoritism that's going on and the expectation that you had and your personal experience are so far apart and there's suffering in the midst of that that creates the sense of disappointment. So disappointment looks down and sees the gap. Hope looks up. And sees the possibility. It sees beyond the gap all the way to what is good. So with that in mind and those definitions, let's walk through Romans 5, 1-5. So in verse 1, it says, therefore. And whenever it says, therefore, particularly in the Apostle Paul's writing, it means think about everything he said before that time. And in the first four chapters of the book of Romans, Paul lays out the human condition and that because because of sin, we're separated from God. And then he explains that God, out of his love, sent the Lord Jesus, fully God, fully a human being. And that when Jesus voluntarily went to the cross to fulfill the will of the Father, even though the the Roman leaders thought they were responsible and the Jewish leaders thought they had gotten rid of someone they were trying to persecute. When Jesus died on the cross, he took upon himself all of sin, shame, and guilt, and it was put to death. That's how much God loves us. And then on the third day, by the will of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was raised to a new life. Not just a physical life like we experience here and now, but a supernatural physical life. And that's how we will see him when we go to heaven. So all of that is explained. The good news about Jesus is all represented in that one word, therefore. And because of all that Jesus has done, it says in verse one, we can have peace with God. Now, often when we think of peace with God or peace, we think of just the end of arguing. You know, I can remember my mom, she would turn to the five of us in the house and she'd go, could we just have a little peace and quiet? For her peace was just a moment where her kids weren't arguing and fighting. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. But the word for peace here represents the Hebrew idea of shalom. And shalom peace could be better translated as flourishing. Because of Jesus, the Father wants your life to flourish and grow in every way. Everything that needed to be done. Everything that can be done has been done on your behalf. Just let that sink in. God loves you. God cares for you. God wants you to flourish. Well, then in verse 2, it talks about the fact that we access his grace. Grace means gift. We access the gift of God found in Jesus Christ. And that gives us a new standing as gifted ones or favored ones. And then it says in verse 2 that we can boast in the hope of the glory of God. In other words, we can boast in the hope of God's glory, the glory that God has. Well, what is God's glory? Well, God's glory is about his majesty, his wonder, but even more so, God's glory in the New Testament is about his love the love that God has. It's like a a radiant light that shines forth and makes heaven what it is. So the glory of God that we can hope in is all about forgiveness and about peace and about the hope of heaven. God's glory is the ultimate and never-ending good. The hope of glory means we hope to be with Jesus, that we hope to be like Jesus, that we know that we will be with Jesus for all of eternity. So because of that hope of glory, what it means is that if you lift your eyes to the cross and look to the cross, you can see through the cross to the glory of God and have a hope in what is good that never Ever ends. Do you hear that? You can be so saturated with hope. You can be so filled with hope. You can be so certain of God's love for you that circumstances, situations, and believe it or not, even suffering don't matter as much. Look at what Paul says then in uh, verses three and four. He goes, because of the hope of the glory of God, we can respond to suffering in different ways. He says we can actually boast in our affliction or hardship knowing that they will produce endurance and then that will produce character. Um, And character is the only thing that you will take to heaven besides yourself and then the other people that you've had a chance to influence so you'll take character to heaven to the place of eternity and he's going hardship difficulty suffering is bad but it produces endurance and perseverance And endurance and perseverance produce character, and you'll take character to heaven. So even in adversity and difficulty, you can hope in God. We can boast about our afflictions. We can boast about our suffering. Now, uh, in other versions, it will use the word rejoice, but I like the word boast more because boast is kind of like you know, if you're ever around uh, third or fourth grade boys in particular, that's who I hang out with the most. And they're playing basketball or football. And, you know, they fall to the ground making a catch. And they get up and, you know, oh, my knee, my knee. And, and then they'll show you a scuff. And then, you know, I say, well, show me all your injuries. And they'll point here and here. Everyone is a boast. They're proud of everyone. Everyone hurt, everyone was difficult, but everyone was part of this amazing experience of shooting the basket or catching the football or, or, or diving to uh, uh, block the football away so the other person didn't catch it. And what Paul's saying here is when you have difficulties, when you have challenges, when you hurt, when, it's, when you're going through affliction and, and hard, hard circumstances, God's right there. God cares. He knows that they're hard. But he also knows that if you remember the hope of heaven, if you remember the hope of eternity, if you remember the hope of the glory of God, even in those hard times, You're going to be the victor. I I love that the Bible doesn't pretend that they're not hard. I, I love that the Bible goes, they're very difficult. See, the Bible, in many ways, the Apostle Paul goes, see the gap, see the chasm, see the hurt, see the pain. But then lift your eyes and see Jesus. And you'll be motivated to keep going on you will have hope even in the hard times let alone in the good times and then lastly in verse 5 he says the result of hope God pours his love out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit is a person's ability to know God no matter what the circumstances are like well what if you had hope for Jesus and from Jesus? What if you hoped for heaven? What would happen in your life if you were filled with hope and motivated even in the disappointments of life and the challenges of life? In fact, that the disappointments and challenges of life would end up creating character in your life that you knew you would take to heaven. See, it's all about your perspective. If if you look and you go, here are my expectation. Uh, here's what my experience is. I'm I'm filled with disappointment, and that disappointment is real. The times of suffering and grief and challenge and hurt are all real. But what being saturated with hope does is let you lift your eyes and see the cross. Turn your eyes on Jesus. And when you see him, and you see his love, and you see the eternity that he has for you, the things of earth grow strangely dim. The challenges, the difficulties, and the motivation goes through the rough. Now that you know this truth, what if you taught that to your kids? If you just said, what's the difference between disappointment and hope? You know, we we see a generation of kids that are in this whirlpool of disappointment. and, And we're trying to look, well, what would lift, would another trip to Disney World lift you out of that? If we took you to the Mall of America, if we bought you the right jeans, would that lift you out of that? And none of it does. But if they knew what they had in Jesus, if this generation came to understand what's available for them in Jesus, they would be filled with a hope that would motivate them no matter what. Um Zach Bush, uh the pastor at uh designated lead pastor at Woodridge, he was a hockey goalie. And what he said is that where they would always say, where your eyes go, that's where your body goes. So if you look this way, your body will go that way. So just watch where you're looking. If you're looking down, then your arms and hands are gonna go down. The other day he was riding with his son in the car and was uh they had gotten in an accident and uh, it was a rental car. And one of the things with the rental car is it had a sunroof and his son was in the back seat and it had been some tough weeks, some big changes. And he said, Hey, Craig, look at this. And he opens up the sunroof and opens it up. And he said, just look up there. And from the front seat, Zach's just looking back in the rear view mirror and Craig's eyes look up and see and feel the wind and just this huge smile comes over his face. What if even today as we celebrated communion you looked down and you saw all the disappointment but then you looked up to the cross. And saw the hope of heaven. Saw the Lord Jesus. Saw his love. Saw his sacrifice. Saw all that he intends for you and to give give to you. Saw that the Holy Spirit lives in you here and now. To walk with you even through the most challenging of times. You know what I think? By the end of that time when we sang those songs. You would just be saturated with hope and you would be ready to live. So I'm gonna invite you to stand right now. I'm gonna pray, and then uh, we are going to uh, go to a time of communion. There'll be a host at each of the tables for communion to give you the bread. As you take the bread, as you take the cup, would you do this with me? Just look down at the ground. Look at your shoes and look ahead and just name the disappointments. Name the things that could discourage you. And I'm not saying any of those are wrong to have. And I'm not saying that any of those will change um, by what I'm telling you to do. But I will tell you this. If from there you look up to the cross and see the good, of what God has done in Jesus Christ. The hope of heaven, it will give you a hope that will motivate you in all of life. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would fill us with hope by helping us to see all that you've done on our behalf. And Lord, as we've learned this truth, from Romans 5. Would you help us to tell it to the people we love that in a day of despair and anxiety and depression and discouragement, we could point people, we could experience, we could live out the hope of heaven by turning our eyes upon Jesus. Seal that as we come to the communion tables We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. When you're ready.